Hello, and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. Inflation, travel restrictions, and the global supply and demand crisis are all issues affecting retired Canadians and or those individuals thinking about retirement. Today, we take an in-depth look into Fidelity's 2022 Retirement Report with Michelle Monroe, Director, Tax and Retirement Research. Manager, Editorial Content and host Quinn Flaherty asks Michelle to dive into the long-term insights, trends and information about what Canadians are experiencing. Overall, Canadians are focused on retirement and saving up for retirement. Although the media pushes the idea that individuals are unsure, anxious and unprepared, according to the report, Canadians are optimistic, prepared and confident. The report also highlights five key risks, inflation, longevity, asset allocation, withdrawal rate, and healthcare risks. Other insights from the report include having a very strong financial plan to battle inflation, recognizing your cash inflows and outflows, and incorporating resilient asset types into your investment portfolio. Today's podcast was recorded on November 29, 2022. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada, ULC, or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Michelle, as part of your role, you travel across the country meeting with financial advisors and their clients, speak on a range of topics. Most importantly, at this point, with the webcast here, retirement. Yes, retirement research, This is one of our flagship marketing pieces, the retirement report, but I also talk about a number of different topics. So Michelle, looking to the report, what really makes the Fidelity Retirement Report different than others that may be out there? We've been doing this report, the survey and report for 17 years, which might be the longest, maybe one of the longest surveys and reports in the industry. And why that's really significant is it gives us the ability to see, ask the same question year after year and really get those longitudinal insights so we can see trends that are occurring, as well as we can ask questions that are specific to what Canadians are going through. And there's a long laundry list. You went through them all. And what does that mean for Canadians as they're preparing for retirement, as well as those who are in retirement? Just a quick note for our viewers is that the retirement survey is of almost 2,000 Canadians coast to coast. And we're looking at pre-retirees who are 45 and older. So those who are really getting focused on their retirements, as well as those who are in retirement. And we're able to gather all of their other sentiments and comments. So it's a re- really great report for a time and place perspective on how Canadians are thinking about retirement. Absolutely. So my next question, leading question, I guess, is how are Canadians feeling about retirement this year? I know a number of topics and hurdles Canadians are facing. What does this year's report, how does they define the sentiment? of it? Well, following the media and what have you, I was expecting to hear a lot of comments about feeling unsure, anxious, 
not prepared. But by, and we did get some of those comments, but by and large, Canadians are feeling optimistic, prepared, even confident for both those who are in retirement as well as those who are preparing for retirement. So that was really an encouraging, encouraging message that we received. And that's despite the fact that, you know, you open any newspaper across this country today, you're going to see headlines about inflation. And it certainly is something that's top of mind for Canadians. And did we see that in this year's report? Oh, absolutely. Inflation is a concern. And we saw it throughout the report and how people are, they are concerned. They're worried about it. One of the key insights that we found is that, well, when it comes to people's finances, how are they spending money? There was a statistically significant increase in those who feel that they're spending more than they did last year. And with that is on the second hand of the aspect of that is, well, they're because they're spending more, they're saving less. And what does that mean for those who are preparing for retirement, as well as those who are in retirement? What does it mean for their nest egg? And at the same time, in our survey to Canadians each and every year, we ask them, what is your savings priority with what you are able to save? What did you see in this year's report about that? Absolutely. Number one savings priority is retirement. And that makes sense for pre-retirees, because this is a something that we're working towards, saving towards, investing towards for decades. Even those who are in retirement, we could expect retirement to last again decades. Uh, so it, it's very much using a golf analogy. It's a long game. Absolutely. And Michelle, as I mentioned in my introduction, you travel across the country, meet with financial advisors and their clients on a number of topics, including retirement. When you're talking with them about combating inflation in one's retirement plans, what are some of your key messages to financial advisors out there about, about combating inflation? Advisors and speaking with their clients, the first thing that we want to be really understanding is have that really solid financial picture. What are the income inflows? And they vary during your working years, salary, the other components of one's income, as well as expenses. And where are we spending that money? And where do we see an uptick in those expenses? Using that financial picture, it, it really becomes powerful as we move forward in confidence when we're looking at, well, what about the investments? And that's really where we're focused as our industry on that investment pool. Now, Fidelity, we have a Fidelity inflation-focused fund, which is has a component of, of assets that have been resilient during inflationary periods. So thinking commodities gold, real estate, linked bonds, as well as floating rate bonds. And the, I'm not a portfolio manager, but that's just a very high overview. I'm also not an economist, but the economists that we listen to, right. they say again and again that inflation is also transitory, right? Yes. And we don't know when the high inflation rates are going to come back, but at some point, the, econ the, the message from the economist is clear that it will come back. And so bringing it back to our retirement plan, my area of expertise, thinking about retirement, and again, bringing it back to that golf long, long game, that this is a decades plan, and breaking it down into small, manageable pieces. And this retirement report has a long history here at Fidelity. And I was looking through the report uh, yesterday. One thing that makes this report different, particularly this year, 
is the introduction, again, of Fidelity's five key risks to retirement income. The year where we first launched our Fidelity Retirement Report in 2005-2006 was the first time that Fidelity introduced the five key risks to retirement income. And for the first time since 2014, there's a series of questions asked about these five key risks and some really interesting insights. And Michelle, maybe before we dive into those particular insights, what really are the five key risks to retirement income? I believe inflation is one of them. Inflation. We've been talking about this for 17 years. It's always been a risk, although it is, as we speak with advisors and investors, the number one that they are aware of. But the other four risks, well, longevity risk. And that's the risk of outliving one savings. Uh, we're living in an aging society and people are living longer than ever. So this is becoming a, a, a higher risk item. But it, it's funding. Also thinking about uh, asset allocation risk. Moving into retirement, I think my grandmother went to a very conservative portfolio, Canadian savings bonds, double digits, interest rates, which we haven't had that in decades. Life expectancy was much shorter. That strategy isn't going to work in today's environment. We know this as an industry, um, but changing the mindset of investors to come around to that. And we're also moving into, well, we don't want to have an overly conservative portfolio in retirement because we're going to miss out on the growth that one needs, linking it back to longevity risk. Uh, on the flip side, not an overly aggressive portfolio because now we're using this portfolio to fund our retirements. So it, it's a balance. And this is really where financial advisors provide their really level of expertise, helping people get it right. Okay, moving along on the risk, we have withdrawal rate risk. So this is somebody who's in retirement, withdrawing a percentage of those retirement savings. So the risk here is, well, withdraw too high of a percentage, particularly when there's a downturn in investments. Right. You risk running out of investments for that retirement pool over one's lifetime. Another aspect as well, withdrawing too low of a percentage, potentially your clients aren't enjoying their retirements. And this is something we've worked towards, saved, invested towards for decades. We want to have that as well. Yes. And then the final, the fifth key risk is looking at healthcare risk. And there's two components of healthcare risk. So the first component is thinking healthcare risk is having unexpected healthcare costs in retirement. So thinking about health, the first component is, well, we work at Fidelity, get our teeth cleaned, get a massage. It's covered by our extended health care benefits through our employer. Most people are in a very similar boat. When we move into retirement, well, we're paying for that out of pocket. There's a change there. There's a change, right? Which also, the need goes up. Yes. <laughs> so there's an inverse relation there. So there's that component. The other component is aging and thinking about end-of-life health care costs. Uh, it, it could be a, quite a wide range, subsidized nursing home, all the way up to aging in place, which means staying in your own home. There's some significant costs that were associated with that. I'm thinking of having a, a nurse 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
often people go into this and it's just thinking it's going to be a few months and it turns into a few years, which is, which is really significant. Maybe I can jump on that point because you have a particular interest and attention on estate planning and unexpected health care costs. And right. you know, when we get the survey results each and every year, that's, those are probably the first few pages that you jump to. From this, this year's survey results, are Canadians really paying enough attention to unexpected health care costs and estate planning? Wow. <laughs> Great question. Thank you, Quinn. So thinking about just an overall retirement plan, um, let's think about some of the more, some of the components. The most common ones are thinking about that financial picture. What are the, what are, what are the income? What are the expect, expenses? Breaking those expenses down into necessity needs, luxuries. Uh, how much do we have in that retirement pool? What are the components? What is our drawdown strategy? So those are the most common ones. Lower down on the list, and it is significantly lower is looking at a budget for healthcare costs, looking at a budget for end-of-life healthcare costs. So this is, this is an area where I don't want people to come away and be discouraged, but this is an area where we can really strengthen those plans yes. to ensure that we have the retirement that we're looking for for the entire length of our retirements, as well as, you touched upon this, is the estate plan. Again, 50% of Canadians have a up-to-date written will. So that means 50% of Canadians, adult Canadians, don't have an up-to-date will. Yes. And in our survey, we, when we're looking at those pre-retirees and retirees, the numbers are very similar there. So this is an area to be thinking about with having an up-to-date will. Um, you know, and as I'm talking about this end-of-life this is a difficult conversation. Right. People don't like to think about it, as well as it's talking intergenerationally about investments, assets. But doing this right is an opportunity to really form one's legacy. So this is a, I think it's a really important area to be having, discussing between spouses, as well as talking about it intergenerationally. And this is definitely an area where an advisor can be helping navigate that difficult conversation and making it easier for their clients. Thanks, Michelle. And maybe we can transition a little bit away from the five key risks for a moment, talk a little bit about timing of retirement. We've been asking a series of questions for 17 years now about when Canadians are planning or expect to retire. And we see a bit of variance each and every year, but we tend to see some sort of trend. Did the trend hold this year or did things change? Okay, so let's go back to the early 70s. The average age of retirement was about 65. And over the decades to about 1980, 1990, we saw a drop of that average age of retirement to the low 60s. And it hovered there until 2008, 2009. Yes. And I know as soon as I say that, it was the financial crisis. There was an economic downturn. And we've seen a steady rise in that average age of retirement. And it's now hovering just, just under age 65, 64.7. We don't yes, need to get into that details. So, and we did see there was a slight drop in 2022 over 2021. 
I, I couldn't say that that was statistically significant. So where will we see it go? Well, that goes into our survey where we ask pre-retirees, when do you expect to retire? Right. And that say, and we ask them, well, at age 65, earlier than 65, or later than age 65. The segment that's 65 and older, that is the segment that's consistently growing year after year. So those pre-retirees are thinking, yep, I'm going to work a few more years before calling it retirement. There's some reasons why in the survey, why Canadians decide that they're going to delay their retirement. They decide to work, but there are other explanations for that as well. Right. Okay. So what we ask why, if you're not retiring when you anticipated, when do you expect to retire? The number one answer was concerns over the rising cost of inflation. That this was this year as well as last year was the first time that we've seen that. So Canadians are aware of what's happening with inflation rates. Traditionally, the number one reason, and now our number two reasons, were concerns over not having saved enough. So those go hand in hand. Um, now, the, the going further down on the list are concerns about, well, not sure what they're going to be doing in retirement. So that goes further down. So it's not a, just one singular reason. As often, it's, it's a multitude of different reasons. Thinking about that and delaying retirement, in 2022, there's been a lot of headlines out there about Canadians actually deciding to retire earlier, which kind of goes against the trend that we've seen in right. our survey. Now, why do you think that is, that especially in 2022, we're seeing these headlines in comparison to the trend that we've seen in the last couple of years? So if you dig down into some of the averages and looking at, well, who, who retires earlier than the average? Well, it's typically those who have a defined benefit pension plan. So it's usually that defined benefit is guaranteed during retirement, also indexed for inflation. And then moving along, those who usually hit those averages of retirement are those who are saving with RSPs and whatnot. And those who delay their retirement are typically those who are self-employed. So a real connection to their employment, if there's that aspect. So bringing it back to your question is, but well, who do we see retiring earlier? Because it, it is a bit of a barbell. Some right. are retiring later, some are retiring earlier. So it's, we're, we're primary, let's put those who retire earlier into three different buckets. The first bucket is I'm tired, I'm fed up, I'm done with this. Yes. So as a generalization, we see nurses and teachers who are in that who are also defined benefit. We did see yes. in this year's survey, yeah. job fatigue being one of the you know, top fatigue. reasons for right. retiring when they decide mm. to retire in 2022. Right. And then secondary, in the second bucket we have is people who are concerned about healthcare. Now that could be their own health, unable to continue working the way that they were originally used to. It is also caring for aging parents and also caring for younger children. We see that people who retire as well. Even I said that younger children, but it could be millennial type children as well, yeah. helping launch them. And then the third bucket is those who are forced to retire. They're let go, downsized, what have you, and to retire. So if there's not any one reason of those who choose to retire earlier. It's fair to say that in 2022, you know, all those three reasons for retiring earlier have really Fortunately, come to life in some way. It's a microcosm of all this. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Indeed. And so, Michelle, why don't we transition to 
talked a little bit about the five key risks. We've talked about inflation, but let's look to kind of solutions. And it's always interesting in the retirement survey to look at those who are feeling optimistic. They are feeling prepared for retirement. Perhaps what are they doing differently than other Canadians? And you really like to focus on the value advice and the role of uh, working with a financial advisor. Okay. What insights came out of this year's survey regarding the, the role an advisor can so a fair bit to unpack there. So the people who are feeling more optimistic, those are feeling confident. What we see again and again is the people who feel that way are those who have a written financial plan. All right. So that written financial plan will help them feel confident, better prepared financially. And that seems very intuitive. Uh, but if we expand that and we asked in our survey, well, looking at other aspects, it's not just financially prepared. It's also emotionally prepared, physically prepared, and even socially prepared, which is really four key areas of well-being. Not just financial, there are right. other dimensions too. Yeah. Which really derives from having that written financial plan. So it's really important to have that written plan and much more likely to have those who have a written financial plan work with a financial advisor. And incidences or occasions of having a retirement plan, uh, do, do the majority of Canadians have one? What does this year's survey results show? It's those who have a, it's a, a as a generalization, it's about 30% of Canadians have a written plan. And, but that percentage goes way up when they're working with a financial advisor. Uh, and also I want to stress here is that Having a written financial plan isn't a one-and-done process. Uh, this is something that should be reviewed annually at a minimum and really make it a live document. Um, because as you were talking, we're living in very dynamic times. Yes. There's a lot going on. And when you refer back to your written plan, we're using that to help navigate our, whether we're in retirement and planning for retirement or even while we're in retirement and trying to manage that nest egg. And that's when we really feel those confidence, that optimism. That we all want. Retirement. That we all want. Of course we want we all, all that. We all want to feel prepared. <laughs> yes. Michelle, you spoke earlier about the long game and specifically for those perhaps pre-retirees who are planning their retirement. 2022 for those on a fixed income, those who are retired are facing different challenges. And so there's a question here about you know, what what do we tell those who are retired, uh, who may be on a fixed income, how can they adjust to these risks and risks such as inflation? Right. Okay. So we're looking at that fixed income. We're looking at what what are the different components of that income for retirees. The two most common components are Canada Pension Plan and Old Age Security. Both of those are indexed or inflation. So there could also be other components of that fixed income. Defined benefit plans often, but not always, index for inflation as well. So understanding what of that retirement paycheck, those sources right. of retirement, what do we have that's indexed for inflation and how can we mitigate and then move forward? And also understanding our expenses. What What is rising and how can we also reduce those expenses where we can? It's a very, very long survey each and every year. The report is 20 pages long, so it's pretty concise. What is your favorite aspect of the survey itself and the report? Because there's lots of different topics. We change parts of it each and every year. What really stands out to you? What gets you excited to dive through into the results? Okay, so there's two components here that I want to dive into. Because we, in our survey, we look at both male 
and female respondents. So I'm always very interested in how females are responding. And what one of the, and these trends are slower, uh, but really getting engaged in investments and seeing a real, because investments are, tend to be more male dominated. So I, I like seeing that aspect of it. Women who are feeling the investments, feeling control over that, being involved. The second aspect is that watching the trends of those who are working in retirement. Um, let me, working in retirement, what do you mean, Michelle? Yes. <laughs> so what we mean, how we distinguish that is retired from primary profession. Okay. And then transitioning. So really looking at, well, those who are working in retirement, we're looking at the reasons why. Pre-retirees, high percentage, I believe it's almost 60% of pre-retirees expect to work in retirement in some shape or form. And then delving into the reasons why. And it's to stay social, to stay engaged, to stay busy. Those are all reasons to thrive. And that's the primary reasons. Secondary reason is financial reasons. And when we look at those financial reasons, well, again, it's to have a nicer, they're to thrive, to have a nicer vacation, more vacations, to nicer dinner as outs, more dinners out, types of those things to really enjoy their time. So it's a real, at retirement, I didn't coin the phrase, but I'm going to say it again, but a plan to work in retirement for financial reasons is not a strong retirement plan. Right. But the reasons that we're getting in our surveys are all really reasons to thrive. Excellent. And my last question with the time we have remaining here, looking ahead to 2023, what kind of retirement trends or topics are you going to keep a close eye on? Oh, I find this really fascinating about how that vision of retirement, think of a generation ago, it was a hard stop retirement and the hard stop of working and moving into retirement. Whereas now it's so much more of a transition, so much more of an evolution. Yes. And I find that really interesting in how that vision of retirement is going to change in ebb and flow. Every single year is an interesting year and the 2022 retirement report is now available and we'll talk all about the insights and trends shaping retirement here in this country today. Shell, thanks for joining us here on Valley Connects. I look forward to next year. We'll have you on the show to talk about the insights next year. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Quinn Flaherty, and we'll see you again at Fidelity Connects very soon. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity mutual funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash how to buy for more information. While visiting fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. See you next time.